Here's Jason with the Jason and Peely Project. Super excited to have Lewis Kim today. Lewis Kim, he's got so much going on. And, and funny enough, we've run in so many of the same circles. Yeah. Yet we've actually not met face to face. And it got to the point here where we're actually knowing Lewis more from what he's doing on this personal side, on this progression side of going out there and really just transforming himself, really just day by day. And it, I, I started to see him because we did 75 hard together. I think that was where we first saw, yep. saw the notion here is we were doing 75 hard, which um, you can listen to prior podcasts, but, but you're doing two workouts a day. You're eating healthy. You're eating clean. You're reading a book. You're really just putting yourself in a momentum and you do this for 75 days. And there's no failure across the mold. And then what really caught me past that is you, you've, not only had this great weight trans transformation that you talk about very openly to everyone out there, but you also have this point here where you now have built a social media presence that that's just incredible. And, and you, you've touched so many people. So Lewis, I, I know I gave a wide landscape, but why don't you fill yeah. in the gaps? Give me a little more about who you are and what you're doing. Well, uh, Jason, I mean, I appreciate you having me uh, on here. And, and it's so funny that like, we were just talking before we started this, how we have met face to face, but there seems to be like a, a bond, right? That was building over time. And I think it comes from this place of uh, just the mindset, right? The drive and the, and the desire to push yourself and grow. Most of my life, it's been in small business. I, my first uh, small business I had was a franchise when I was 22, 23. That was something that was flipped fairly quickly, uh, did really well. And then I got my real estate license and sold real estate, did really well. And so through the years and then built other businesses. Uh, and then in the past few years, it's been full-time investing in real estate. Um, rentals, uh, vacation rentals, and then I'm, I'm also a, a licensed broker. And, and, you know, through real estate is actually how we got connected through a, a mastermind. And it's so funny that we were friends on Facebook, didn't really talk, and then 75 hard starts, and you realize there's somebody that you can relate to. And then I think I've, I've watched you post stuff with your training for, uh, for an ultra or for a marathon. And I was like, I really appreciated the mindset you're coming from. So um, <laughs> I find it's, it's kind of funny in this day and age how technology is allowed this this uh digital bond to become like a real one you know so yeah well it's the cool thing about society even where we're at today right so so we're all dealing with this 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 thing going on right of course you know coronavirus however we're all dealing with it separately but at least we have the availability to still have this contact if you take this and we do this 30 years ago yeah, right? yeah. just the chain of communication completely dropped off and hopefully yeah. this opens up the channel where people can can steer themselves away from having too much mental distress but really really the attitude and, and the focus you put out there is that you're just getting it done still. And yeah. so much is being lost right now within people that you know, they're, they're really just letting go not only of their selves or their routines and yeah. they have to fight the mold. So yeah. talk to me about what you do in your daily progression and really what you're working towards today. Well, so, so when it comes to the physical aspect of things, I mean, I, I started documenting, you know, my weight loss on Instagram and then TikTok and start, started building an audience. And it really was uh, done very selfishly, right? It started with the thing where I was, just trying to document and use it as an extra level of accountability. And then you start getting messages from people about like how it's inspiring, how it's helping them. And that that's been kind of a weird thing still, but you know, even with, without all of that, it's always just been about like day to day. Uh, I, I always on there, I post about grinding, right? It's just like, there, there's this idea that everything happens instantly. Right. And then everything is perfect and, and simple. You know, the action is simple, but you really do have to just day in, day out do it, right? I mean, the most yeah. frequent question that I get from, from people, especially people that are younger is like, how do you stay motivated? And, and I'll always just tell them, I was like, listen, I think what you're talking about is inspiration, right? Mm. And you're not going to be inspired for very long. 
like you have to be disciplined and, and you have to go do it on the days that you don't want to do it. And so even right now in this time and in this place, like you can say, I'm not going to work out or I'm going to you use all the excuses in the world. But the truth is, is if you really want to find a way, you'll find a way. It's, it's why, you know, you and I last weekend had the insane idea that doing a thousand burpees and 24 hours was a good idea. Right. But, but, but we did it because the idea is that it doesn't matter the circumstances, right? It's like you're in a place and you've got to control what you can control. And what we could control is, well, I'm going to still find a way to push myself mentally, even though I can't go to the gym. I don't have like, I don't have an awesome sled. I don't have the turf. I don't have all those things. Right. Like literally, I think you were in your backyard I was in my, in my living room. Right. And I, the funny thing is, is the floor. I'm pretty sure on my floor in my place that from the sweat and from, you know, so pretty big, big guy from hitting the same crease over and over, there's like a little bump there. That's awesome. But that's determination. That's dedication right there. The floor now knows it's marked, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, but the funny thing is every time I've, I've stepped my foot on that spot now, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's just like a, a neural response where I can feel yeah. it again that, Hey, I did this thing right there, you know, yeah. as much as I want to fix it, there's a part of me, like, I just want to leave it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You know, it comes down to just having your new story, right? So, cause people say, well, how do you do it? Well, you just make it that this is what you do. And that, yeah. that's really the point right here. Cause these, these perfect ideal situations. And I think not only for the weight loss, but for anything, right. For starting a business, for yeah, exactly. going out there, you know, talking to a girl, it's, it's all you want this, like, perfect environment but it never comes right and that's why you have 99 percent people will sit on the sideline but really what we want is that it just it just takes getting out there and doing it like the burpee thing okay if you couldn't do a burpee we said just do anything because yeah. anything is better than just sitting there just motionless and really for you what have you found was that the pinnacle point where you just said okay i'm gonna start this journey for weight loss like where, where do you remember was there a switch you just said okay enough's enough i'm going for this well so so from my heaviest when I was over 400 pounds, I, I went, I was in a doctor's office and I, the, the week leading up to it, like thirst, like I, I, I didn't know where it was coming from. I mean, the only thing that would satisfy this craving was something sweet. So I was like chugging like 60 ounces of like a fountain soda, right? And not just like a Coke, but like, you know, like orange or orange soda or like fruit punch, like the sweetest thing possible. Right. And I had no idea that it essentially developed type two diabetes. And so I'm, I went to the doctors, they do a blood test and the doctor just sits there and like very blankly looks at me and about as distant as she could be. It was just like, you know, you're going to die if you go on this path and you need to lose weight. And she didn't really give me a plan or anything. I remember like really being, really being unhappy with that. And I think I cried in that meeting and I left. And then it really just started with it, a, a royally just a middle finger to the doctor because mm-hmm. of how it was handled. And so to some degree, I have to thank that doctor but that really set me on a path where I got tired of that feeling and you just start going. And the thing is, is like, it's just like, you know, when you're going into the multifamily space for the first time, I'm sure you had no idea where to even begin, but you just begin. Right. Like, so that's kind of how it was for me where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just need, I know I need to move more. Right. And I need to change what I eat. And it's just, you start going on that path and you figure it out, you know, and, and just over time, it's, it's that constant, need to keep pushing and i think that's why you find yourself progressing to being someone who can't control or has diabetes and is so thirsty or because of the blood sugar their insulin that they're drinking 60 ounces of orange soda which is like just awful right yeah 
to then doing saying, Hey, Jason, I think a good idea is let's do a thousand burpees. Right. Like, <laughs> but it's, but you think about that, you, you see how the snowball begins to build. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. And it just starts to get in the go. And, um, you know, I had, I had the, the luck at, at one point in my life. It is, uh, you know, it's 2021 and I was personal training. I don't know how I got into it or where it even just came from, but I had the luck of just, there was three people and that I really found a core niche of just helping people get a routine and losing weight. I had three people lose between 80 and a hundred pounds. It was some of the wow. best feeling, but I, what I found from that is that usually, and you know, this doesn't of course cross parallel, but what I found was that it, it usually part three things. It was that one that they just never had a plan. So they didn't know where to start. Right. Yeah. Two was they, they just had really awful eating habits and just didn't know any other way. And, or three, they would push themselves to the point that they were expect results. And this would go trainers too. Right. I, I'd yeah. see trainers just beat people down to the point that they were going to be sore for like two weeks. Right. And that almost pushes you off from ever coming back. Yeah. It's just making that mix where you can have something that you build into and, and weight loss is, is one of these deceiving points, right? Cause, cause the first while when you do it, right, you're, you're building muscle and the muscle weighs more than fat. So you're actually, yeah, yeah. You, you feel like you're plateauing from the start, even when you're feeling better. So it's this, it's this hard mental block to get yourself past because as you start it, you, you're almost at this point where you, you think you're feeling better, but the, but the numbers telling you different. Yeah. But then when you hold it, you see what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's just tremendous. What would have been some of the, the hurdles throughout the process that, that have surprised you? Um, in terms of being surprised, I think the, um, the the biggest surprise at least at least with this because look i've struggled my weight my whole life and the last two years of it and so i've i've gone up and down up and down a big chunk of my life but like the last two years being you know late 30s early 40s the biggest surprise for me was just how my body doesn't respond the same way so i've had to get smarter and the the ironic part about that is i've never had a problem pushing myself physically it's always been nutrition. I mean, it would make sense why you would gain weight again. Right. But this time around really pushing myself, the nutrition part of it is like, so it's, it has to be a whole, it, it's the nutrition, yeah. it's sleep. Whereas before I could sleep four hours, I could go work out and I could work out like three times a day, not stretch, not do any mobility, not do any of that stuff and just keep going the next day. And that's just not the case now. And so I guess the lesson and what I have now is the understanding. I tell this to younger guys who want to lose weight all the time is that when you're, when you're younger, you have your entire life ahead of you. So choose that path of sustainability. And so I'm pretty hard headed and I'm pretty, uh, so, so I think that's what it's taken is taking this long to really understand that it's all those pieces together. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the, the thing that at the end of the day is weight loss is more about hormones than it is, you know, the caloric balance, right? Like it's, it's the hormones, it's your insulin, it's your, it's your ghrelin. It's all of those hormones that control your weight loss and, if the, and your, and your cortisol levels. So everything you're doing is to, is to control that, you know? And so it is definitely more of a, a holistic approach and just you have control over it than you realize. So when you, when you think about that and you're part of it all together, I mean, you're, you're just, you're absolutely right. Cause it, the workout is just one key piece, right? It's yeah. just like, if you, if you have, you know, two feet and, and workout is one diets, the other, right. And for that, it, it's, it's just gain that clarity about what you want. And sometimes the hardest thing is 
we, I think New Year's resolutions is like the worst case scenario, right? Because people go to these extremes that you know you can't last. So you have to find yeah, a way yeah. to build that in. And yeah. what, what, I, what I found even for myself is like, instead of just saying, okay, I mean, like now, like, you know, more discipline, on, I can just go, you know, cold turkey for whatever, right? It just, yep. it, you know, okay, cool, we'll do it. But before you had to find a way where you just lessen it, right? Instead of eating a plate, you leave, you know, one thing on the plate or something of that magnitude where you continue to build it in. You know, like I had one guy and he, he would say that he would go to McDonald's and he would buy um, two meals, get two drinks, just so he didn't, he didn't look like he was eating them both himself. And the plan was, okay, well, you know what, let's just take one drink away. And yeah. then I, like, each time just take that one drink away, even if it's the middle point, yeah. because that just takes those calories out. But you get that process here is you just start, start having to back it out little by little because of it the shock to the system is where you ultimately fall out. It's like the, the new year's resolution is like every day should be a resolution. You should have a yeah. resolution that you're continuing to get better at pushing yourself. And, and for you, you, you really are doing some crazy workouts and you push some weight. I see you, yeah. I see you pushing some weight. What's, yeah. what's some of the, the most favorite, you know, what's some of the favorite exercises that you like doing? Um, I don't like doing any of it. That's yeah. Like, that's why <laughs> truth is good, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm an inherently lazy lazy person like if 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 i could be like in amazing shape and feel good by sitting on my couch and like playing video games i i probably would but i i can't and so then i have to go push myself i find the workouts that are that are mentally the toughest are the ones that i appreciate the most like yeah. there's one that i i've done twice thus far um where it's uh, it's like a trap bar and it's not a lot of weight it's 225 and you, you, you do a farmer's carry with it, but you do 10 deadlifts on each end of the farmer's carry. Got so you it. do, but you do it so that you do a hundred total deadlifts. So it's at five, it's like one back and forth, it's 10 laps and then 10 deadlifts. But like, it is physically a tough one, but it's mentally just excruciating. It's just like the thousand burpees we're doing, right? Like, I mean, you gave some of the best advice when we were doing the Goggins, the, the four by four by 48, where it's like, look, you start it, then you're doing it and then it's over. And so right. like that deadlift workout is very much like that. So any workout that has that type of mental grind to it, where it's like pushing you just far enough, but then you have to sustain that for an extended period of time. Those are the ones that I like a lot. So usually like kettlebells, high volume work that, that really, really gets me. Uh, and and it's, it's all because I know there's, there's probably a hundred times where I just want to give up. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's not giving up, you know, it's that, it's that David Goggins one second, like that one second that defines you mm -hmm. and having that opportunity to always be like, no, I'm going to keep going. You got to tell your mind it's done. And that's yeah. why, that's how I found is my, my points is that, you know, I got to walk into these. Cause you know, like if I, if I go and one day, like I want a max bench and I put up like 315, but if, my, if I've already told my mind doubt, I'm not yeah. going to do it. Yeah. It's already done in my mind. And I, so like, you know, doing a hundred miles, I was done with that race before I started and it, it, I didn't start like that, but that's what I had to get myself to know is that, you know, your mind, your body goes, goes farther than your mind. Your mind is going to stop everything yeah. from happening and you have to keep tricking your mind to tell it why it needs to keep going. That, that's so key. What you said there though, about like the fact that it's done it's all, that belief has got to be first, right? It's like, even in business, right? When you start a business, yeah, you prepare for contingency, you prepare for everything, but then a pandemic breaks out. Like you can't, I mean, you can't plan for that, right? Yeah. But like, if you're certain and you start with that certain sense of certainty about what you're doing, the, the, the belief is what starts it, right? But then it's the action of moving and going that, that reaffirms that belief that keeps pushing you and you keep going to it. And it's the same thing in business, right? Like when you start a business, 
you know, when Jeff Bezos started Amazon, I mean, he started with a sense of certainty that this website was going to sell a bunch of books, you know, and it's like, who would have thought, right, that it was turning into the thing now where like, I think there'd be bigger riots if Amazon went away over like a prolonged, you know, quarantine. But it's it's the same thing for me in, 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 in this weight change is that I felt like an athlete long before my weight and my performance started to show it, right? And that's surprising all the time with recording this is the way I felt in a movement and the way it looked were never the same, you know? Like I would record something and be like, man, that feels awesome. I feel awesome. And I look and be like, like whoa, like that, that's really bad actually, you know? <laughs> but it's just like, it's that belief that's there, right? Like you're visualizing what, what it is before, so. Well, you're, you're talking your mind into it, right? I was actually yeah, listening exactly. to, you know, we had David Melcher on the podcast and he talks about creating your alter ego and your alter ego stands there. And he's talking about more about cold calling. Like some people just really like, we don't want to pick up the phone because we're so, so, you know, effective. We just hate hearing no, right? Yeah. And I, so at that point, you know, creating your alter ego, what you want to, even if it's not there yet, allows you to take these points. And you've done that with yourself right there. So, you know, you talked a little bit about small business. You've had your success in the past. Looking at what's happening out there right now with, with all these small businesses really at a standstill or struggling or having to find other ways. You got, you got any thoughts that come to mind about, about ways that people can continue to bring value for their business and, and hopefully get over this hurdle? I think the, the, the biggest challenge that mo- most small businesses face, and I don't think most people understand, is that so many small businesses operate on razor-thin margins, right? Mm-hmm. And, and those razor-thin margins make it possible to, to exist day in and day out maybe take a nice paycheck, you know, but it's, it's your company, but not necessarily sock away a ton of money and, and build substantial wealth. Like you have a business and it's growing, but you're living off of cash flow as opposed to sort of accumulated wealth. I mean, there's a, um, there's a historic landmark chain here in DC called Ben's Chili Bowl. And uh, there was just an article posted today that they are potentially on the brink of having to close their doors forever. Wow. And within the last six or seven years, they went from one or two locations that were in DC. I mean, their place on U Street existed during the riots in in the 70s. And it was the place where like the cops and the rioters would go and they would just forget about the divide that they were going through. And then they Mm -hmm. would have a chili hot dog and fries and hamburger and they'd settle their beefs there. And then they would go back out on the street. Like it's historic. And, and they're talking about like, they've, they've closed all their other stores temporarily except U Street. And the owners say that they're not sure how much longer they can keep going because they had to keep paying salaries and do that. And it's universal, I think, with, with small businesses. I think the value that a small business can place is, is one, is, is doing everything they can to sort of keep their key people, like keep, keep their key pe- people in place so that they can provide as much of a service as they can. I know it's very hard in this environment, but then it's also understanding like where are you going to be a month from now and what's the new face like your business may not exist in its current form but how are you going to come out of this as a new version right like there are things like restaurants in dc because the carryout end of their business just it wasn't covering their costs they've had to be creative and they've done done things like uh, one restaurant is doing take-home meals where they package all the recipes they make their sauce which is like the, the key part that we can't do at home and they're packaging them and selling them at like 20 or 22 bucks a meal for two yeah. people, right? Or others have converted to like a market, you know? So it's 
It's finding those ways that you continue just to make enough revenue to keep things going so you, so you can get out on the other end of this. But on the other end of it, you know, you've got to be prepared to, for the fact that your business could look very different yeah. than what it is today. You know? I, and those are super points, right? And the razor thin margins is one that when this does reside, if you're still in business, you really need to take a, take a hard line at your operations because it's a, it's a point here where you, you can't go into defense mode. Yeah. Right? Because you can't get so scared that you're going to just constantly play defense, yeah. but you have to look at where you were before what really besides and not blame coronavirus. Right. So, yeah. so that's the easy blame. Okay. We're going to yeah, blame yeah. coronavirus and say that yeah. that's the point. And unfortunately it's here, but how going forward can we set up to take advantage of it? And the restaurants doing those things, maybe when you get back, because the hardest thing is like you go back and you just lost, you know, your income for a month, two months or whatever. It's not like you go back and people are going to be in double coming into the store. Right. right. You're right. Be probably at a discount, like 50%, right. 60%. So of the other arms that you found, can you add that to your core business? Maybe you never had time to do social media presence. Never you had time to do shipping and packaging. Maybe you never had time to do delivery. Hopefully they can build that into a business model and can help some people out to really, to really get past this. But to be seen, right? And I think yeah. the, the hardest thing right now is that everybody's waiting for some clarity on, on an endpoint. And yeah. there's that, not, not gonna be a clean break, right? That, that's regardless of where a person stands politically, um, the uncertainty, right? Like we're talking about the certainty in your belief, like the uncertainty is just, it's so toxic, right? Like it's why companies are having to go with the layoffs that they are at the extent that they are is because it seems like it's never going to end. Yeah, they're talking about April, but there's no drop dead date. And unfortunately, yeah. I'm sure a lot of the data here is, is or, or the decisions are based on data and predictions and modeling. Well, you and I both know like modelings are like plans, right? Like yeah. they change constantly, you know? Yeah. So it's very hard to prepare to do that. And, and even more so as a small business, right? Like as a, as a mom and pop, you know, your local spot, like, you, you weren't really forecasting six months down the road because you were relying on foot traffic and your location and just the reoccurring business. So I, I think that uncertainty is, is the scariest part and anything that, you know, governors, mayors, they can do to just create a sense of certainty, even without the time of just that the, they, they've got a sense of control, I think makes a big difference. I, yeah. I give a huge shout out to the governor of Maryland because uh, I'm, I'm in DC. I'm, I'm in Virginia. DC, Maryland, Virginia, all very uh, touched together. And so we get to see three different executives operating and um, he has just done a really good job of just creating that sense of like control, being on top of things. He was very early on and hmm. it makes a big difference in how people respond. Cause I know oh, yeah. the yeah. people, my friends that live in Maryland, they feel a lot less panicked than a lot of my friends in Virginia. Interesting. You know, which, which is weird. And, and, yeah. and, and, and that's, you know, there's this rivalry between Maryland and Virginia, which is just, it's dumb. It's the beltway rivalry, but like, we're always talking about who, who's got the better mm -hmm. state. It's probably kind of like Jersey and New York. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but most people in Virginia will tell you that like, Oh yeah, Virginia is the better. But in this case, there's a lot of people that are very much envious of the leadership that's being held in Maryland because it's just, there's a sense of like, I feel good about who's in charge, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what people want. They want something to rest back on that they can, yeah. they can basically put their hat on and say, okay, and it will come, right? It, it will come. But ultimately I think if we're focusing on waiting for that moment, it just creates so much. Like right now I had somebody the other day just, you know, passing when I was running and he was just telling me how awful it is. And I was like, are you sick? He's like, no, anyone sick around you? He's like, no. I was like, yeah. are, you know, are, are you okay? So, but yeah. So I'm like, 
it's all relative what's the issue man i was like i was like dude that sounds freaking great like you're you're at home for a little bit you know and you're outside walking in the sun so i I don't want to commiserate with people i just want people to know that this will pass hopefully no one's sick around you hopefully no one's you know the stress around you but you know everything comes you know the 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 sun shines another day and we we have hope that the next you know great story will come from you or from someone else i'm I'm curious how how are you all doing with the the multifamily business with with rents in april and and I'm curious, like what other, you know, your peers are are, are talking, and how are things going? Is it very regional in terms of, or, or is it like that? Is it more like their asset class that is it dictating the percentage of rents that they're receiving? You know, my model has always been to make a better place to live for people, and what that comes down to here is, and so my that's my you know ownership style is I go in there and I don't jack rent on people from day one. I go in there and improve the property, make this a better place to live, show people you know I want families to stay there and, and do about. I, I find that finding the increase, you know, if I could get a hundred and I, and instead I make this a better place to live and I keep people, you know, keep people in their beds and keep them, you know, and maybe only increase at 50 dollars. Although I'm losing a little on the front end, I'm saving on the cost of, of having people move and having the turnover and having yeah. the big, big cost for that, for really, for the point there, for being down on a unit. Um, so we're not very far off from last year's, or from last month's collection. We're actually doing very well. Ultimately, I think April is a more, there was a lot of, a lot of uncertainty and panic about April. I, I don't think April is the telling month. I think May is the telling month. Yeah. Because with May, if, People had worked in March. They they ultimately we had received some kind of payment, some kind of money for that point. Um, that going into May, if they're still without going back to work and payment shut off, and they, they're not working at home, and the stimulus money that that comes out, you know, middle of April has not found them yet. I think that's going to create a much tougher circumstance. So for us, we're, we're we have really addressed everything we can with the tenants. There has been only two across a couple hundred units that have reached out that have, have expressed concerns and one's already paid and the other, you know, and we just came up on the fifth. Some of our tenants use that as the mile marker. That's when late fees would presumably be charged to go across there. But we're having good response for the tenants. We've given them the ability that if they need to, to pay partial payments, which we didn't do before, make it accessible so we're not having a cross contamination with instead of them going to the leasing office, they can pay by credit card, pay online, pay ACA, um, sending yeah. a check, all these other means to make that easy. And also have cut down on doing um, large maintenance ticket items that, that aren't really um, in need right now. So if someone's blinds are broken, we're not going to go in there and, and have the maintenance guys interact with, with the tenant. We're going to save that for a moment. If there's a water leak or something of massive concerns, that will be corrected. Um, besides that, the one thing that I don't think a lot of operators may be thinking of is that you have to be very careful because you're going from a point where generally you have people at home for, you know, they're asleep for eight hours and they're at home for maybe four, six, seven hours. Now they're home for 24 hours. Your utility bill is going to go up. So you have to really think about your utility segment there. What, to prepare for because not only will you potentially receive a little bit less rent, but your utilities may skyrocket. And that's just because people are using the the units more. So ultimately my thought is we're going to continue to make this the best place for them to live. And with that mentality, hopefully we'll be able to work with tenants and help them get through all this and and they'll get back to their life and we'll get back to running the properties as we should be. Well, what you brought up there about your management or in your ownership style, it's going to play such a role 
in the future of the economy of how it comes out because it's not just landlords in the apartment space, right? Like mm-hmm. how you've run the operation, how you treat your tenants, it'll get reciprocated, right? Like in how yeah. they treat the property. And yeah, you're always going to get the people, you're going to get the small percentage that would have banged it up regardless, right? But I think especially in the commercial space, you're going you're gonna to see the small businesses that are coming out that have the opportunity to get back on their feet and going versus the ones that don't, especially the retail-oriented ones, is really going to be so heavily contingent on who the landlords are and how those landlords handle those spaces. And unfortunately, there are going to be some landlords out there who's, who, who are really cutting them, their own legs off you know, by, by not wanting to work with their tenant because this is an unprecedented across-the-board thing. I yeah. was talking to a, a friend um, who has a gym, and they, they were doing okay. And it was a typical thing where like they were – making money you know the the i I believe that the the husband is the one that runs the gym and then the wife she's got a full-time job and so she's got a sort of like reduced workload but they're still getting her salary but the gym itself provided his income but it didn't provide like substantial profits on top of that right and their landlord just doesn't want to work with them at all and they're at a point where the liability of that is like well maybe it's better if we just close the gym you know, because they can't get any sort of, they, they just can't get any cooperation. And so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate what we're dealing with. It's nuts. And, you know, it, it's one of these things where every different scenario will play out. And I, I, I can prepare, but I, and I think this comes down to the other things too, is like, we just got to stay off the worst case scenario and just keep our minds to the point of, okay, what's the solution here? Right. And that, yeah. that's across the board. I, I was hearing so much panic across and right. There could be complete draw from a lot of operators just the way they are. You know, there, there's, everybody's at risk. But if we focus just on the risk and not on what we can yeah, do yeah. To, to get the process, you, you kind of get lost, you know? Well, so, I, it, it sounds like, I mean, from what you're explaining, what, what you all are doing, it's that you're very much though, you've got empathy for the situation and circumstance. And you know, in the long run, in this type of situation, trying to, to, to work something that makes it manageable for everybody is in the best interest of the whole, as opposed to, you know, getting into a, 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 a pissing, pissing contest. I don't know if you've seen some of the letters that mm. some, some apartment landlords have sent their tenants, but like, I don't see you sending some of those, like, yeah. you know, it, it's almost like you, you're admonishing a child about it. And then like, and it's like, Hey, this isn't just them not paying because they decided to pay their, you know, buy a car, right? Like this yeah. is a very different thing. So. I mean, they're people first. And yeah. that's where I think the divide comes down to. This is not like it, it's, it's people first and ultimately it's still a business to run. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so in that, that, that's the first and foremost, but on that point, this, this has to be the ability where we're either going to all get through this or nobody's going to get through this. It's, and that's just the thought process where it is. And there's going to be across the board, a lot of hurt out there that's just brought on by just the situation. And, it will be interesting to see really where it goes. Like if you have all these restaurants shut down, that's unfortunate, but maybe there's some, some, a group that can join together from these that can make something even better all together or something that builds from there where, you know, the, 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 the ability to prevail is it will come. Um, we're just going to see what that looks like. Right. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't think, I don't think anybody knows, right. That's, yeah. that's the big thing. It's like, we don't know what it's going to look like. So I, I would be just foolish to let you off without bringing up your social media presence because it's, <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. But 
talk to me, man. Talk to me what you're doing, Daniel. Give me some advice. You are out there just making it happen. Yes. So, so, you know, in Instagram, I started a little over a year ago. Um, Instagram's steadily growing, but Instagram's definitely a much harder space to be in without a lot of production value. Uh, a lot of the followers I'm gaining now on Instagram are a direct result of TikTok. And um, a TikTok, my audience is significantly larger than on, on Instagram. And the great thing about TikTok is that it is a, it really is a creator's platform where you just have to keep creating content, you know, and, and the, the, the best thing about it is that it essentially has two lanes set up, right? There's the following and then there's the for you. And so the for you page is all algorithmically driven. And so anyone can join TikTok and anyone can take a piece of content and have zero followers and then have three, 4 million people watch that piece of video. Hmm. So that's, what's great about it. And it's, it's all based on, on the algorithm and what you do with it. And then you still have the other lane for your followers, but where we are, the organic reach is so high. Most of the co content that who say, you know, they were inspired by me and then they went and they lost weight of their own. Yeah, super. Uh, but, it, but then it's also like being, getting opportunities to meet people and interact with people like you, because if we didn't have social media, like we would have never connected, right? Because we wouldn't yeah. be able to see what's going on. And so that, that's been one of the best things. Thousand, one a leg. I, I don't know, because I guess we could just scale that to the height, right? So it doesn't really matter yeah. how high it is. And, and so were you planning on doing that on a 20 inch box or were you planning on doing it at a lower height? I think I have a, a bench that would be 20 inch. So I'll do it on the bench, this wooden yeah. bench thing. I don't have yeah. a box here. Um, but yeah, you know, whatever, I think I'll do that. So, you know, I think for this point, it's one of the things like you got something to step on, whether it's a stair in your house or it's yeah, a yeah. Stair, stair up into your stoop where you have to, you know, I don't know, step on your husband or something like that for, for, you know, or, or, or just step on, you know, over your dog, you know, it's just about the action of it, but what, you know, we'll do 5,000 steps or anywhere in between. Right. And yeah. so, you know, the tier, like, you know, you got 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, anything's, anything's accomplishable and we'll just do the same thing again. So why yeah. don't we just, why don't we make it instead of, you know, cause it doesn't look like anybody, people got it done by midnight and a lot of people were using midnight. I had a couple of people get it done at like 11 to 59 mark for the burpees, which is <laughs> pretty badass that's so why don't we just say 7 a.m to, to midnight or, or we can even make it seven to seven if you want to do that just so people have, have a lower top cap Let, let's do seven to midnight only because like people like yourselves that have because i don't have any kids but that, that have kids oh yeah yeah i mean listen I, I i know one of the biggest challenges right now is that the kids are home all week right and that during the week because they're still sort of like school like the the, the weekend comes around and it's sort of you know, a free for all. And I know time isn't necessarily the same. So, I mean, I think if we do seven to midnight, that, that, that works. Yeah. It's um, awesome. Get I, I don't know if you saw, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was awesome. By the way, your kids doing the burpees, you know, my, my five, my five-year-old did 74 burpees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cause he was tracking. I wasn't paying attention. He goes, I did 74. I go, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. He's, he's already prepared for his first ultra. <laughs> he's there. That's what he's doing right downstairs right now. Running, yeah, running yeah, ultras yeah. every day. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. going to come back and be like, I did my century. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. why when you have kids, it's never enough. Right. Cause when I did the 50, they said, why don't you do a hundred? And then I did a hundred and they said, well, why don't you do a thousand? I said, like, come on guys. You know, like at some point, I was like, come on guys, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> and my three-year-old and five-year-old pushing me out, pushing me out. So that's but funny. It, well, I mean, look, in, in terms of business, before all this happened, you know, we were, I, I've been looking at assisting li assisted living businesses. 
And even before the assisted living, I was starting to think I wanted to transition away from focusing on real estate, investing, you know, flipping in the rentals to, to really go back to acquiring sort of operating businesses mm -hmm. because, and you know, it's no secret, but I guess I'm letting the secret out. Mm -hmm. The same reason there's so much opportunity in the single family space in terms of, and, and even in the multifamily is that you have the boomer generation aging and having to transfer those assets. The same thing is happening in the small business world. And, and when I'm talking small business, I'm talking the traditional SMB, which I think, what is it? It's like under a hundred million, I think in revenue, it's, it's a pretty big number, but in that world, I think it's like 70% of those owners, they don't have succession plans. Um, because most of them, when they started their businesses, there wasn't this intention of building something big and, and sustainable. It was just about doing something. And so there's a huge opportunity to get into businesses that are tried and shrewd. And so we were looking at boring businesses like HVAC companies, electrical companies, all of those types of things that cash flow well, that do bad in, in poor economies. Um, that, that is where, where, the, where the goal and the target has been. And that's where we sort of ended up really focusing on assisted living because it sort of married the two together of real estate and an operating business. And so we are still looking at assisted living. We've been through due diligence on so many deals that we just had to walk away from them, but the opportunity is there for sure. Uh, it's just that you have to want to choose to be involved in an operating business, which is a completely different game than just real estate, right? Because 90% of headaches, you know, uh, for most businesses, it has to do with staffing and personnel. And so when you're in an operating business, no matter what, you're always going to have a lot of people involved in it. So yeah, and it trickles down, right? Cause you got, you got now the asset, you got the operations as your property manager now, but now you have the liability and uh, yeah, yeah. You, have to, you have to phase in, but the model is there that if you, if you can get through those things, just like anything else, if you can yeah. get, get across those points, you know, the grass is green. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's going to be those businesses that are just always, always there. I mean, I think I, 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 I'm the anything that's in that construction space for the foreseeable future, it's going to be a while before, especially, you know, like mechanical, electrical and plumbing, like those three businesses, it's going to be a while before robots have the dexterity. And, and then the, the, the artificial intelligence to make those small nuanced judgments because you think about someone coming to service and, yeah. you know, an air conditioning unit, there's so many things that they have to do. We're, we're so far away from that, that um, they're fairly safe into the future. But, you know, we've, we've looked at um, uh, paving businesses, concrete plants, like all kinds of things that are just very much quote unquote boring uh, that are, that are tried and true. So that's th awesome. That's where it is. Good man. Well, Lewis, this has been awesome. I've been I've been looking forward to this. I finally asked you the other day, got you on the show. <laughs> Super excited you came on. I love your journey. I love everything you're doing. Appreciate so, it. tell us best place for everybody to find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, Salty Asian with a letter, the number eight instead of A, because apparently it's not PC. So it's the Salty Eight S I A N, and it's the same on uh, on TikTok. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Lewis, I, I've enjoyed this, man. I enjoy what we're doing. Enjoy everything we have. And so everybody who's listening, of course, we have that 5,000 step up challenge this Saturday. Uh, you know, start at 7 a.m. wherever you are, 7 a.m. to midnight. Lewis can be rocking it out. I'm sure he'll be done sure. by about, about 10 a.m. knowing him. So yeah. the way he's up and going at these things. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to crush this here. That's right, Super man. appreciate you. Super appreciate you. how we've connected here, our friendship going yep. forward, man. Thank Thanks you. so much for being on the Thanks show. Thanks a lot, Jason. Awesome.